0: the sleepers podcast friday september 15th you know what that means it's riley friday the man with the most voluminous hair on this channel's existence is back uh, and there's Volu- an energy today. voluminous
1: yeah he said that before i clicked record it's, and i was gonna try and steal his No, no 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 voluminous means like having a lot of volume Yeah, a lot of texture.
0: Don't don't try to vocab us, Carter. Okay, (laughs) know your game, my friend. Stick to the men's league highlights and the voiceovers. That was fantastic, by the way. Uh, Anyways, there's an energy here. If you can't tell, we're recording this like an hour and maybe more than an hour later than we normally do, which means we're all an hour less asleep than we normally are and an hour more caffeinated after two straight days of no coffee cart. I'm happy to report. I've got a big coffee in my hands right now. Thank I'm pretty excited about it. Thank God. Let's get going, uh, Riley. First of all, great to have you back on the show. How's your week been? You've been doing well.
1: Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Um, glad as always to be here. I know that you promoted your overtime sponsorship or your overtime care package yesterday. I just wanted to say that I'm I'm part of uh, repping the brand today. So uh, th- consider this a request. I need my care package too. To whoever it is who's your buddy at overtime, I can get you my address. I like Carter's shirt. I'm jealous of Carter's shirt. Hook me up with a real overtime shirt. I don't just want to be wearing my uh, my fake little logo here.
2: I mean, that that's just the perfect transition into what needs to be talked about. Because one, this shirt is fire. And two, for what you're going to ask next, yes, I got a haircut yesterday. And yes, it's slapping. But back to what's important. I'm not sure where the winning fixes everything mantra came from but never, ever have I heard anything that actually is more accurate because winning truly does fix everything. Like if Riley's UNC team won last year, no one would care about what Kayla Lover, Hubert Davis did. It truly does fix everything. And as we said yesterday, for any of you who have not seen it already, and honestly, this is a call out to all Pistons fans. If you are a fan of the Pistons, if you are a fan of Asar Thompson, you have to go watch the overtime elite documentary on Amazon prime one shot. It's extremely fire. I'm not just saying that because I got the gear on, I was watching it before. Cause I got an inside look at the Thompson twins and I got an inside look at some of the, you know, you know, I follow high school grassroots and that's what I like to get a behind the scenes looking on. So I highly recommend everybody go watch it. I think it's one season out right now, so you can throw it on breeze right through it. It's a good time. Highly recommend it. And also if you are sleeping on overtime gear, you you need to stop because I'll be wearing a couple pieces on the next couple episodes, but like this shirt's fire. Like, come on now, look at that. It is basketball, a basketball, rocking a bucket hat, squaring up with a basketball with a pink cap on. If
1: you come on, I think it's always a success. If you design a shirt with an anthropomorphic basketball
2: back also, I don't know if y'all can tell right now, but like this T is like, you know, it's, do I look slim?
0: do you want honesty or
2: i mean a little bit
0: (laughs) you look great my friend anyone who wears that shirt looks great Uh, i would say those basketballs honestly look like a nice little artistic i don't know abstract metaphor for us like the one in the bucket hat is a little more rotund than the one in the pink hat and uh, i feel like you know you and i've been known to argue in hats
2: very true. The Roten, I'm, I'm going to process that one, but ever since you started eating fruit, you're becoming something I'm not sure I'm ready for, but that's on me to prepare. I can't stop your growth. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right.
0: Uh, great, great start to the episode. I'm not in my overtime gear, although I also got a nice little care package. Shout out to Cam, by the way, shout out to overtime. Uh, I was running in my overtime gear and it got sweaty this morning, so I showered and put something else on. But uh, great for the active lifestyle, great for the podcasting lifestyle. If you want to just sit in a desk chair all day like Carter, you look great in that. If you want to go run and eat fruit like me, you can be comfortable in that. There's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, so shout out overtime. Let's get to the episode. Cart, uh, uh, good YouTube week. Good YouTube week. We've had a lot of good YouTube weeks lately, but uh, especially the last couple of days, I feel like we've made the most of some controversy this week in multiple ways do you have a comment of the day
2: for this riley friday i do but uh, as always I gotta, i'm sorry i'm a little taken back by I've, I've taken like four shots already from you and it's it's we're not even we're not even into the nitty-gritty as as one might say but
1: hey your barber did elite work though that, i'll build you back up i'll build you back up someone has that, to do it
2: that's what i'm talking about riley can i start calling you bluffs why does everyone call you bluffs again what is this? I don't know
1: where Bluffs came from, but I I kind of like it. I I whatever. I hope it doesn't have like a bad origin because I embrace this random nickname that came out of nowhere. Bluffs it's is from the this, vacation spot, right? You said you said you used to
0: go to the Bluffs.
1: I don't know if I ever said the Bluffs. I said I had a friend who went who had a vacation spot in Maine. Maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> for sure. Why?
0: Oh, what yeah. is Council Bluffs? Is that a thing? In my head, I had Council Bluffs.
2: Nobody knows what that is. No, maybe you had like a local councilman in Lansing whose last name was Bluffs. But besides that, I thought I thought, I thought
0: Council Bluffs was like where Riley's extended family has owned a summer getaway spot for decades. Maybe I'm I not. know Arcadia Bluffs, nice golf course. Okay, cool. let, let's move right. to the
2: comment card. What Sorry. do you got? Uh, I got two comments. They're both short ones, so we can get we can get through oh. them quickly. Oh, we're doing two today. Yeah, I want to do two today because it was a good YouTube week. Okay. First one uh from the name we don't like to bring up but he's a frequent commenter what about chris beard to indiana in two years we mentioned big 10 uh who's going to be the next great big 10 coach who's not in the big 10 what about chris beard to indiana in two years indiana would be scary if that happens what do you guys think about that
0: scary is accurate for a (laughs) lot of reasons
2: Riley, that your was, thoughts? That was, that was an alley-oop. I'm sorry.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna not dunk it when you put it right there. That's that was fair. beautiful. What do you what do you like? Do you actually like that fit, Riley? What do you
1: think? Um, yeah, I guess I do. I think Chris Beard's gonna get out of Oxford as soon as he gets a better offer. Like, and I think he has the NIL infrastructure uh to be poised for success pretty pretty quickly. I bet I would I would be willing to bet that Ole Miss makes the tournament this year. Um, but he probably needs another like, I'd say two to three years of Ole Miss, maybe have a nice little sweet 16 run in there and like let the uh the off-court scandals continue to cool down a little bit before a, a big name comes calling for him. But yeah, I, I could see that as a fit in Indiana. He just
0: doesn't strike me as a Big Ten guy, though. I don't know what it is. Like he screams uh, south to me.
2: Uh it for me it's I don't know. This might be a, a generalization of a fan base. So if I get cooked by this, that that's completely fine. But this is where I'm coming from. It just seems to me that Indiana as an institution and as a fan base wouldn't be able to kind of turn the other cheek to a coach with a off court scandal like that. Like, no offense, but it takes a certain type of school to turn the other cheek to that type of stuff. Some programs don't have tolerance for that. Some are like, you know, eh, he's healing. He's working on himself. Like there, there's a certain type of school. I, Indiana just doesn't strike me as that type of school. Didn't they do that oh, with Bobby Knight point. for years, though? Maybe that. I think Bobby Knight was why they were like, now we don't want to, you know, go back to that. Okay.
1: I feel like anytime you're the flagship university of a state that always sort of muddies the water a little bit because you have to be more than it's cliche, but it's true. You have to be more than just a basketball coach. Like you, oftentimes you get turned to as a spokesperson for the university. So I could see where you're coming from in that sense, Cart. Yeah,
2: definitely be some outrage. I feel like, uh, Mm -hmm. I could see him. I could see him coaching in the big 10 though. Gee, even though I do see the kind of the more, I guess the, the Southern draw to him, but I don't, I could definitely, like, I could see Chris Beard at Illinois. Him and Nate Oates are
0: both, like, any, I feel like anytime there's a big program that thinks they might have an opening in the Big Ten, those are, like, the two names that have been mentioned for the last four well, years. Even. Well, that's because Nate Oates
2: is a Midwest guy.
0: I get it, but I I don't think either of them will ever, I don't think they're interested in, like, Nate Oates, everything he's built, the style of play, I don't think he's, like, itching to go coach in the Big Ten Conference and try to compete with all these nasty
2: plotting teams. Like Real, Realignment, though, never know. He's it's gonna it's he, gonna he, sh- I
0: don't know, man. He's running shit in the SEC, and there's a better chance Beard's in jail than he's coaching Indiana in five
2: years. Heavens a Betsy. It, am I wrong? I'm, I mean, any of us could go to jail, technically. I've been <laughs> in jail. I, you have been in jail. Greg's on his day. podcast. He's probably been in jail before.
1: What are the odds that Chris Beard could escape prison if he? Got incarcerated
0: though. <laughs> yeah, back, back to one big thing from yesterday Oh, what's the second comment Carl let's just go <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry. the second comment is a more podcast centric comment do you guys like listening to the sound of your own voice if so or did it how do you hate or sorry how long did it take you guys to get comfortable hearing your own voice I hate hearing myself on video I hate hearing myself on video I just want to throw that out there like I don't like listening back to our episodes. I listen back because I want to make sure like we did the right thing and maybe make sure the conversation flowed. But there's nothing I hate worse than hearing my own voice.
0: I like the sound of your voice. For the record. Thank don't, you. Don't hit me with that. You guys I both you. you guys both have good podcasting voices, genuinely.
1: You do. I, I will re- I will return the compliment. I, I think y'all both have good podcast voice voices too. Look at these positive positive vibes on a Friday. It took me a while. It took me a while to get used to hearing myself recorded, just because it always sounds so different when it's when you you know hear it outside of yourself. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, yeah, I
0: had to just like beat it into my head that it was fine. To like once I started working for Field of Sixty Eight and Dimers, like half of what I do is just like videos of my face talking for sixty seconds. So there's not really a way around it, but. I feel like I got uh weaned off of the insecurities about it honestly back in the college days when I was making songs though because like if you're going to make a song you're going to listen to your own voice. <laughs> so I remember being really insecure about that when I was first like trying to dabble in music and then once I started like doing shows it was like, oh,
2: not worried about it. Okay, respect. All right, that's my comments for today.
0: Good comments. Versatile comments today. Thank you uh, to both of those commenters. Let's move to the Discord where uh, we answer everyone's comments every single day in the Discord. It's $9.99 to join. If you join, join on a desktop. Don't join on mobile. And then you can get on mobile after that. But you get the cheapest price if you join on a desktop. And uh, just numbers update. Again, I think we got about 40 paid members. We have about 90 people signed up, though. But conversion rate not working for us, Cart. like There's there's that 50 group that's signed up, has joined the Discord, but can't access anything because they haven't actually put the info in.
2: Yeah, and I don't really understand it. I'm not really sure what you need from us. If those other unconverted people are listening to this right now, slide into our DMs and let us know what you need for us to convert. We want you. We're ready for us. We're building the community. We got the newsletter. We got... We got hashtag Bluffs Friday going as a trending topic for what we're in, what we want to ask Riley today. So if you you can't miss out on that stuff. So yeah, go ahead and convert.
0: Bluffs Bluffs has a lot of uh, I guess mind share of our Discord. That's for sure. He's a frequent topic. Let's go to comments. Uh, fam starts us off today with when you guys are cutting clips today. I need the UNC one tagging Mrs. Cadell captioned a response to mrs cadeau and unc nation hashtag cart doesn't duck smoke let's throw to our north carolina expert here riley uh were we off base yesterday with our mrs cadeau antagonism
1: no i think if you if you engage on social media you can't complain if people respond like if you throw a criticism at someone and they respond back like i don't I, i think you open yourself up to it that's like part of the nature of posting on a public forum that's accessible by everybody. Um, And I I'm like that original video that sort of went viral and picked up some steam first. I'm a little bit like, what the heck, why didn't this happen on Riley Friday? I've tried to talk about UNC a lot on this program and it never <laughs> gains as much traction as it does when I'm not here. So I was kind of bummed to miss out on that, but also like there was nothing outlandish in that clip. Like Carter said some really nice things about Elliot Cadeau and I Like, I love Elliot Cadell. I think he's going to be a stud. I'm really excited to watch him. Like, UNC hasn't had a passer like this since Kendall Marshall, and Kendall Marshall, like – was had like my athleticism, maybe even a, a little bit less. I think I can jump higher than Kendall Marshall could. Um, but like Cadeau is super bouncy and explosive and quick and like any sort of buzzword you want to use in scouting commit uh communities, like he's got good bursts, like that type of stuff. Um but at the same time what, what Greg brought up as far as like the reclass conundrum or the, the reclass history is totally valid. And I thought it was so minor in the clip that it didn't really war it like I don't know how Carter's positivity completely got overlooked because Greg said, are we sure <laughs> it's like pe-
2: people, people want to look past whatever I say and get right to what Greg, what Greg is going to poke at and what Greg is going to make fun but of only, when it's, just negative, only yeah. when it's negative though, only when it's
1: negative. I want to give a PSA to UNC nation hashtag Tar Heel nation. Like, stop, stop acting like we're a mid-major and getting offended by like every little slight. Like, I know we were bad last year and it was not fun and we took a lot of crap for that. But stop, stop acting like we're NC State. Like, act like a blue blood and take it in stride and say banners because we got seven of them. Like, come on. (laughs) It's a great PSA. We're gonna we're gonna That need is to a great back.
2: PSA. I, a great I do want to say one thing on this, though, Greg, because I did take a step back and I realized I'm coming from a place where I'm not a parent. And I started looking at it if I was a parent. Um, would I necessarily engage with somebody online who randomly said something? Probably not. But let's also say if I did have a child and another child maybe kicked my child at recess, I'd want to find that parent and me and him got to square up. And or I'm going to fight the child. If Jeff Goodman went online and said my kid doesn't have a left hand, I'd be like, Jeffrey, let me know when putting in shuffleboard time is over at the group home. I'll come find you. Let me know what it is. So at the same time, I can kind of see how you can get upset. If I had my only son getting cooked by Borzello, like I'd be like, OK, Borzello, you're five, six. So who, who really wants to fight?
0: Okay, just want to be clear while you insult every media member that actually likes us. uh, I don't even think we cooked Elliot Cadeau here. We complimented Elliot. But fair point. Get your bars off. Also, you don't even need to imagine you being a parent. You can just imagine you being an uncle. I feel like Uncle Cat is more dangerous than Dad Cat would even be. Father Cat would not support his own child because he wants to build him up to be great and build that chip. Uncle Cat does want to support his nieces and nephews.
2: 100%. I can't wait for Merce first, whatever sporting event. I'm so there. And I'm hosting a tailgate. She's very into
0: tennis right now, which is on brand with my history.
2: That's a great step. Mm -hmm.
0: Very, very into tennis. Not nearly as interested in football. And uh, we put volleyball on a couple times. Not super into it right now. Tennis, like lights up, wants to watch TV the whole time. Sorry, Mal. Uh, Coy says he tweeted this, but he would have Coleman Hawkins in the 15 to 20 range on the all big 10 top 25 players list. He will say if Coleman averages four more points a game, he thinks the narrative changes pretty quick. 14, six, three is an all big Ten Second team stat line. He thinks Coleman, uh, was seventh on this list. One spot ahead of Olivier Conwell, one spot ahead of AJ Hogard. Where would you guys naturally put Coleman Hawkins? If you were doing this list, let's go to Riley first.
1: Yeah, when when y'all were going over that segment, my thought would have been what Coy said in that he said the 12 to 15 range or was it 10 to 15 range? He kind had the 15, same. 15 to 20 range. Oh, 15 to 20. I mean, I could see the argument for top 15, like um especially I know I think it was AJ Store who checked in at 15 like I haven't admittedly watched a ton of AJ Store at St. John's, but even I don't know, I'm like Coleman's done it for good teams. Like he's been a contributor for big teams to where I I put him ahead of a player like that. Who's still based on a decent amount of projection. And I know what year store, like a junior now. Um, I think so. He's a sophomore eligibility wise. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I I think Coleman would be solidly top 15, but yeah, I don't know if I could get to top 10. Okay. Hmm.
2: See, see, I think I could get the top 10 with Coleman um, because I truly think that one Coy made a good point that if he did average four more points, just optically, it would look a lot better. But literally to me, and I don't mean to make it like as a simple thing, because basketball is never a simple thing. If Coleman had more of the ability or realization of who's guarding him necessarily and how that affects what he does offensively, I think he would easily get four more points a game. Like no matter what, who's guarding Coleman, I feel like he plays the same way. When to me, because of his versatility and his height and what he can do, if he has a smaller guy on him, he needs to take advantage of that. And he needs to either back him down or do some things where you're getting yourself some easy shots. If a guy is maybe same size as him and uh, maybe just maybe more of a heavy plotter or a bigger set fella. Take him out a little bit, drag him out, use your quickness, use your abilities. I just feel like one thing. That I don't like people doing is kind of projecting what players will do later in their career. But at the same time, I think if Coleman takes like one little small step just mentally, it could take him to a whole nother level for this Illinois basketball team. And they need him to do it this year, too. Like he can't just blend in like with the Matthew Myers and the and even though Terrence Shannon's still on this team, he needs to kind of step up as well. He can't just blend in with TSJ. He needs to step up on this team. He's the older player. He's been there. He has experience, like Riley says, on winning teams. And for some reason, call me stupid if you want, I think he does do that this year. So I think 15 to 20 is too harsh for him. I think 15 is at worst what I would put him. I think the highest I would put him is like between 8 and 10. So like second team, all Big Ten type guy.
0: A couple of quick things for me. I think 15 to 20 is too low for Coleman, but I give Coy a lot of credit because Coy is an Illinois fan. And my biggest criticism of fans is elevating their players too high. So shout out to Coy for not doing that in this case. And I also think that's a good example of how Illinois fans maybe don't appreciate Coleman enough. We know that from our time in Champagne cart. Anyone we met at a bar, we would literally ask, like, how do you feel about Coleman? And everybody would be like, oh, I hope he leaves. (laughs) Like, he's good. Like, I want that dude starting on my team. My team had no four and your team had no five. Coleman would have been perfect. Um, outside of that though, I think I had Coleman, I think sixth on my list when I did this and I just want everyone to step back broadly and realize quickly the big 10 was so close to being screwed as a conference this year, they dropped their top five players. Finally this morning, it's the consensus top five, everybody expected, but four of the five guys are back for an extra COVID year. Can you imagine how bad this conference would be if Boo Booey, Jameer Young, Terrence Shannon, and, uh, and Tyson Walker didn't take their COVID year. Like, we would be looking at a list that we're debating Cliff Amorier and Coleman Hawkins and A.J. Hogarth as the second best player in this conference. Like, it, we were so close to being down so bad. Now we're just down like a did, little bad. Did Jameer
2: Young take a COVID year?
0: They're all in their fifth year. All these guys oh, are going oh, fifth year. Oh,
2: okay. I didn't yeah. – for some reason, I thought Jameer only played uh, – Only played one year or something at Charlotte, but I guess I'm wrong. He
0: did three at Charlotte, then one at Maryland. It's crazy. It's crazy. All these guys. So, Uh, okay. To the next comment, Tristan uh, quoted. He brought Riley's tweet in here. This is one of the funniest tweets I've seen in a long time. Out of nowhere, Riley from the heavens hits Twitter with an ongoing list of songs that he hates. Said, thank you for asking. Tristan asks, which of these is the most disrespectful to have on here? For Tristan, it's stay with me. Uh, I don't know. That we, should we read everyone on this list, Riley, or do you just want to speak to
1: the list? Um, we don't have to go over everyone, but stay with me is disrespectful. Like, are, does, does Sam Smith have stands that I'm unaware of? Like, who's, who's out here going to bat for Sam Smith? I didn't well, think that was I that mean, egregious.
2: Tristan and Sam Smith are shaped the same, so maybe that's – God. maybe that's where that's come from
1: i was going
0: to bat for sam smith before the the mommy don't know song now i'm not going to bat for sam smith anymore yeah i I, that one. Uh, I, I the, the, You haven't heard that one no neither one okay. of you have heard that one that's been like everywhere
2: i don't no, have the, not even the, a music the, everywhere. the only sam smith song that's been everywhere is that uh the holy, unholy. Holy? Yeah, un,
0: that's the song, unholy. Mommy, yeah, well, don't know. Well, that's
2: what it's called. <laughs>
0: I am quoting the beginning of the chorus. It's horrible. Let's move on. Okay, Riley, what we'll, we'll speak to this list? Where are you coming from with this list?
1: uh it's it's not just songs that i think are bad but have some redeemable value like there are songs i don't like where i will admit like this artist is talented these are songs that i'd straight up hate and like if i hear them in a public establishment i might leave like there was one time i was at the grocery store and viva la vida came on and i didn't have my airpods and i left the grocery store and went to one that was like there was another one that was on the way to my house that i you're you're never you are never Ever dodging these allegations, Riley? Okay, but Cart, you're also a man who I threw in my AirPods
2: did. and I stopped grocery shopping and went to another grocery store.
1: Okay, but if if you do, if one if you don't bring AirPods to the grocery store, that's your that that's an amateur move. You gotta have your own tunes or a podcast to listen to as you grow. That's shop. pretty smart. I might start doing that. Can I, I run this leave. back
0: for just a second? What's wrong with Viva? That's the one I'm most mad about on this list. Viva Gosh, La Vida is an objectively song. great song. No, it's I, not. I, I,
1: I yes, get it like is. it was it was seen as like pretty, I guess, revolutionary when it came out because they incorporated like a harp and other instruments. And you had like the music video with Chris Martin like hitting a giant bass drum that maybe people thought was cool, but like the song is very mid and i don't like how easily it gets stuck in my head and i can't get it out of my head i agree i don't like the words; like drives me crazy
0: so i i don't have a problem with most of the songs on this list i like some but i don't have a problem i can understand all of them viva la vida is like an award-winning slapper though like i'm not out here staying like i don't want to listen to it every day i don't like run that through the rotation but like I feel like a lot of these songs, you're right, are like elementary, like, ooh, cute little Jason Mraz. Like, Viva La Vida is a Grammy-winning song, and I've seen Coldplay in concert, and that shit went crazy.
2: You went to a a Coldplay
1: concert?
0: Yeah, Soldier Field, In the Rain, one of the coolest concerts I've been to, honestly.
1: I've been workshopping to take that, like, Coldplay is the worst musical artists that white people gas up and i i'm maybe it was maybe it was wise of me to not say that till now but because i do feel like coldplay does have a lot of stands just go listen to U two if you want something, and like listen to the original, not the copy. That.
2: That's hilarious because I was literally about to follow that up with, I don't think it's Coldplay. I think it's U two that is the most <laughs> overhyped.
0: I see. I I buy the U two overhype. I'm not like a Coldplay stand for the record. They're just like you watch
2: co- you you watch Coldplay at Soldier Field in the rain. You're a Coldplay stand.
0: One didn't know it was going to rain. Two, it was all of my in laws, little siblings' trip, the six of us. Okay. We were like, let's get Coldplay tickets. They all like Coldplay more than me. I'm like, I'll go to a concert and drink beer in Chicago. Yes. It was fun. That's all I'm saying. Like the Viva La was a moment. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. Like you went to Taylor Swift after shit talking Taylor Swift for a decade. And I asked you how it was. And I got a text back that said, "Nah, she might be the one G. So it did it did <laughs> it's like, don't and, talk
2: to me. And if you want me to apologize for being a good husband, you're not going to get that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I The one other one I want to call
0: out from this list, uh, Sam Hunt, take your time. I've had this take for years. I I've just said he's an objectively hilariously awful singer and songwriter and the idea of him like just talking like this like he's we're doing a podcast but I want to talk so much is the funniest shit ever to me. <laughs> Good call. out, Thank you. Uh, and I don't know
2: if you want to move on to the next topic right now because we're talking really good about this list, but. Uh... <laughs> but I want to
0: sing these songs. Um, I said, uh, Riley hating take your time by Sam Hunt was plus 750 at the sports books, by the way, if anybody you could get some massive value uh, surprise that Riley didn't like that one there. And then Carter <laughs> chimes in his list is too long, but a picture of chance. The rapper sums it up pretty well for you.
2: Yep. That'll do it. Anything you have, chance.
0: You have more hated than just chance, though. Like if you were listing the the Mount Rushmore of Carter Elliott hated music, is chance in three of the four slots or or one yeah. or what?
2: What, what? what's the Drake line? transfer chance a rapper with four different expressions? No. Uh post 2018 Eminem. anything that was released after that, he's on there that for sure. Chances on there. I don't really know who else I could put on there, though, to be honest. I'd have to think on that. But good chance is absolutely a no-go.
0: Okay. Travis Nelson says there had to have been at least one scout in attendance at the men's league game. Right, Cart?
2: Hey, I don't know with the COVID year coming up or whatnot, but if y'all need me to do one year of a master's program, I'm willing. I got five fouls. I got a bad attitude, um, but I'll make it happen.
0: I went back and watched that no less than 15 times last night. I put it on the big screen, made my wife and daughter watch this. I was talking through to Murphy saying, this is Uncle Carter. He's a monster. Uh, My favorite moment was when you talked about how you had uh, the the feet of a ballerina. And (laughs) what was it? The strength of (laughs) a gorilla, uh, strength of a gorilla. That was nice Uh, to Travis's question, though. There was not one scout in attendance. There was no one in attendance i watched there it was 15 no times there there's was,
2: there was nobody there There was no one you usually get like one probably like two i would say two to five people max like you know wives girlfriends something like that but there's usually no one there you put on a great
0: performance though like if we had box score numbers going in this i'm thinking that was at least like
2: 30 12 and 6 20 20 10 and 6
0: okay i was close.
2: Yeah, there, there, and also a little wrinkle in this. That was my second game. I subbed for a team before that, so that was my second game coming in tired already, and that was just a light. I'm a
0: big chance fan, by the way. I told you that. I Facetime you to say I'm I'm buying Chaunce stock. I think he could yeah. be a breakout member in this league Love uh that. jeff parks hit us with a topic that uh he, he said should have gone in the ideas channel so i'm just gonna kind of skate by this but i want to acknowledge jeff parks and say thanks for bringing potential topics into the discord uh we always appreciate that fam's back he says Qu- question for bluffs and bluffs only favorite place to travel fort collins was political let's be real this time hashtag main lake houses
1: hashtag outer banks is my backyard my favorite place that I've ever traveled to is Porto, Portugal. I hope that I hope that fits with the, the bluff's nickname. But can, Porto's can, all- can, we, can, we get a, can we get a
2: US location after this though?
1: Yeah, I feel like I haven't been to that many cool places in the US though. I guess the bougiest place that I've been to regularly is Baldhead Island, which is uh off the North Carolina coast, and you literally have to take a ferry to get there and there are no cars on the island. People only drive golf carts.
2: That 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 fits. There. <laughs> that
0: checks you,
1: out. Did you have a good time there? I have a great time every time I go there. Yes. my I go there with my in-laws. Every time I go there. Okay. I've been there spot. multiple times. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh. uh, Fam also had, adds a no. He says, this question is a half joke. I just like hearing Riley talk about non-basketball topics. Great add to the show. Do you have any other non-basketball topics you'd like to just... I feel like you're a wealth of non-basketball oh, stuff man. these days, Riley.
1: Gosh, that's a. I, I wish I had... If I was on the Discord, maybe I would have had some time to prepare this. (laughs) One of these days. One of these days. You have (laughs) bottles and diapers
0: to buy, though, so save that money. Uh, Moving on, Basketball Jones, one of the best new ads to our Discord in the last couple weeks says, was wondering if you guys would rank the three Big Ten exhibition games by, one, how intrigued you are to watch them, and, two, how likely you think they are to win. We got Illinois versus Kansas. We got Michigan State versus Tennessee, and we got Purdue against Arkansas. Cart, you're you're the Big Ten guy here. No offense, Riley, but uh, we'll have you lead on this one.
2: Uh, so Michigan State, Tennessee is last for me. Last, like, least likely that I want to watch or I'm, I'm intrigued to watch. Nothing about Tennessee basketball intrigues me whatsoever. And I don't care what happens in that game, to be honest with you. Obviously, I want to watch Michigan State. Don't care what happens. Result does not matter either either direction, whether we win by 20 or lose by 20. I do not care. It's a Tennessee Volunteers. It's Rick Barnes. Uh, second I'm gonna go Illinois Kansas just because you know the whole narrative around it and I think it's gonna be hilarious what unfolds from that because there's a world where Hunter Dickinson does not play because he tweaked his ankle earlier the week in practice or he's feeling a little sick that that could happen the one I'm most intrigued to watch oh by the way sorry Kansas wins that basketball game and the one I'm most intrigued to watch is Purdue versus Arkansas because I think that it fits a lot of things. One is two really good teams. You got painter versus must. I like that coaching matchup and it perfectly fits the Purdue can't deal with athletic teams narrative. Like Arkansas is the ultimate athlete team. Like they always have guys who can get up and down the court. They want to play extremely fast. Um, They got guys that get after you. Those are the teams that when, you know, if Purdue's in March and they come across them, Everyone is just like, oh, they can't deal with these teams. Oh, they can't do this. So I think that exhibition game holds the most weight because whatever happens is going to flip the narrative for one of those teams, mainly Purdue. If Purdue does well in that game, oh, they took a step. Oh, they added guys. Oh, guys got better. If they get overpowered athletically and kind of get ran out of the gym or just, you know, look a step slow, the, it, all that stuff's just going to start formulating again and you know bringing up all the wounds of the past so i think that's how i'd rank those games
0: uh it, it, intrigue for me illinois kansas obvious reasons hunter dickinson back that's just by far the most entertaining thing about these exhibitions two i'll go michigan state tennessee i am excited to see the freshman of michigan state new look squad uh i think they're not the same team, even though they bring everybody back. And it's rare to say that about a team that brings all their starters back. Purdue, Arkansas is the least intriguing to me, just because I think Purdue, we know what they are. They're a monster. Uh, the most exciting thing about that would be maybe getting a glimpse of Zach Eadie standing next to Eric Musselman. One of the biggest height discrepancies we could find in an image, probably in college basketball. Likely to win. Purdue's going to win. Uh, I think Purdue's going to blow Arkansas out, to be honest. And then Michigan State 2, Illinois 3. Not a surprise in order of how good the teams are. Anything to add, Riley, to everything we just said?
1: Uh, I, I'm i with Carter that I'm actually most intrigued by. Purdue and Arkansas, mainly because of the contrast of styles where you have like the Eric, Eric Musselman ball that's very much like, let me go ISO with one of my wings, let me find mismatches, let me exploit that versus Purdue, which I think is – Tends to be predicated on ball movement. Some nice little sets drawn up by Matt Painter. Um, always like seeing a clash of styles like that. But yeah, I do think Purdue's significantly better. Um, excited to see how Braden Smith does with athleticism this time around. Again, like Cart was getting at. But yeah, after I think Greg, you've made me a believer in Braden Smith over the last like two months. I think probably a couple months ago when it comes when it comes to Purdue, I was like, yeah, I'm not not in on them as a top five team. I've seen these bits, been there done that. Seen these guards before. But after doing some deeper dives on Braden Smith and hearing even what you were saying yesterday, I'm like, okay, yeah, this dude's pretty tough. But uh, excited to see that. And then one more thing I would add is I'm going to throw this to you, G-Wizzy, as the uh, the hunter whisperer, the odds maker. What are the odds that Hunter Dickinson plays in that exhibition against Illinois?
0: I, I think he's going to play. It's Hunter, so you can't rule it out, but I'll, I'll say like 90. I don't think there's a good reason he wouldn't play. Okay, just curious. Cards That's higher cool. on that.
1: But. I just it would it would
2: add it would add a little pizzazz like he has the sniffles and they just put him on the broadcast for the game and they just like let him do the play by play with John Fanta and it's just it's scenes.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Fa- <laughs> bluffs. <laughs> I mean, Fanta, what do you? <sighs>
0: Ah, all right final comment of the day from d rose sat he says would both dreams would both teams accept the following trade jade nakins for terrence shannon i think they would msu raises their floor slash ceiling while illinois would add someone with more years to contribute and star potential riley illinois would not accept this correct
1: yeah, you don't trade a 17 point per game score. Like, I think Jaden Akins is a great fit at Michigan State and that's nothing against his game, but like you take one more year of Terrence Shannon if you can and worry about the future later.
0: Okay, D-Rose's point, though, because now I'm reading further down the thread. He is coming from a place of Terrence Shannon has one year left. Jaden Akins could potentially have three. In that theory. You could talk me into this for Illinois. Carr, uh, what what would you do? You're a Michigan State guy. You want Terrence Shannon instead of Jay Nakins? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should Illinois want Jay Nakins instead of Terrence Shannon? No. All right. Simple as that. Thank you to the Discord. Bunch of great comments today. Bunch of great comments all week. We appreciate everybody in that community. Let's make some money this weekend. Our newsletter picks are out, including the first ever pick Carter and I are against each other on uh should we address that quickly are we are we okay with going head-to-head against each other in a pick
2: you you know we don't like to do it but if we're going to release a newsletter every single week and i think i had four picks this week and you had five eventually we're going to be on the opposite side of one maybe a couple so it happens um one of us is going to win we'll see we'll see who comes out on top history shows it's You know, obviously, it might be you, but I'm willing to flip the narrative this year. I'm I'm sick of losing bets to G.
0: It's a big swing for our competition to see who has the better record. Too, we're both eight and three right now with our college football picks. So, uh, whoever wins and loses this, that's a huge, huge five and zero week for you. Last week, big, big five and zero week. A lot of literally, if you bet the hundred dollar parlay I threw in there, you had a cash out opportunity for four thousand dollars at six p.m. on the weekend. So, hopefully, somebody did. Uh, let's move on. It's Riley Friday. Riley Davis has the topics today. What are we starting with Riley?
1: All right. Topic number one. I got the inspiration for this when y'all were talking through final four teams from every power conference, uh, the ones that are most likely to make it. I want to talk surprise, letdown teams in every power conference. And I want to get ahead of this. You know, if we clip anything from this, this is not us preying on anybody's downfall. At least me, maybe Carter is, but not us like cheering for these teams to fail, but I'm I'm more so looking at teams in, in power conferences where you think like on the surface, this should be a tournament team. But maybe there's different factors at play, whether it's an over-reliance on freshmen, over reliance on transfers, guys transferring up, that we could see it, you know, that that it is in the realm of possibilities that we get to selection Sunday and this team's on the outside looking in. I, I love I this. love
2: that you I love that you said that, but also also be known that it won't be in the clip, Riley. So let's keep moving forward. <laughs> All right, where are we <laughs> starting? I I tried to guess
0: alphabetical order last week. What well, you take us through this, Riley? Steer us where you want to.
1: Let's start with the ACC. We can go. We'll just we'll we can skip over the Pac-12 too, unless y'all have some strong feelings. Like, but I'm kind of like it's probably gonna be Oregon because it just seems like for the past half decade, it's like they always bring in these somewhat notable transfers and then end up in the NIT. Um, but if y'all want to talk Pac-12, we can. But I was thinking mainly ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Big East, SEC. Perfect. Let's do it. All right.
0: A- ACC cart. You get to pick me or
2: you first. Uh, true ACC. I feel like I feel wrong saying this because we said they might be the most likely team, but I think it's Duke because Duke has the highest expectations. We don't know what flip is. Hip surgery is no joke. I don't care who does. I don't care what type of surgery it is. I don't care if it's a cleanup, whatever you want to call it, minor, major, whatever. Hips are hips. Hip surgery is something usually that you typically are hindered from. And how hindered he's going to be or how long he's going to be hindered, who really knows? So I guess I'm kind of cheating the exercise by saying Duke because they had the highest expectations, but they also had the biggest question marks to me. Uh, There's a lot of mouths to feed in that backcourt, and I don't know if – well, look at it this way. Shire's coming into his second year, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something he hasn't had to deal with. He hasn't had to deal with like feeding different, you know, guys, egos, mouths or making sure the ball goes around, something like that. He hasn't had to deal with that yet. And now he's dealing with that on top of the best player on his team and most size flip coming off of, of hip surgery. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. Uh, Shire hasn't ran into any adversity yet either. So we don't know how he would respond to it as well he ain't coach k he might be but we don't know that yet so i i think i would pick duke for that i do not like that answer cart i'm sorry i know you don't uh, i know i could tell by your facial expressions every time i spoke
0: i'm sorry i have bad facial expressions to you it's unfair to you but i so i'm i'm approaching this maybe a little differently i don't think it's like who's gonna potentially underwhelmed the most from what their expectation is. I'm going from like a who could actually like totally bottom out and have a disaster year like miss, like miss the tournament type. That's that's how I'm taking
2: it. You're free to take it differently. I think uh, I like to take it like that moving forward. Just, okay. just so you know.
0: Okay. okay. There's I don't think there's a world where Duke misses the tournament. I don't think there's a world where they're not a top 25 team. They might be like 10th instead of first. I uh, think I think there's a world where they're a seven
2: seed.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I I I see where Card's coming from. I'm also speaking to that. Like I, I, it's really really hard to imagine them missing the tournament. I think they'll get in, but I, I don't know. Coming from someone who cheers for a blue blood that just had a disaster of a season with a second year head coach, I think there's a chance that like that second year isn't necessarily going to be the the launching pad for Shire that many are hoping to be. And I, I think he was actually really good in year one. I thought. The way that he eased in some of their freshmen like Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, Proctor had those guys playing really well. The end of the season speaks volumes to his coaching ability. But I'm saying it's – I think it's within the realm of possibility that it's like his progression might not necessarily be linear. You know, like it could be – there could be – it's not to say that his outlook going forward would be bad or anything, but it might not be like, oh, second year, Shire really becomes a savant that like Duke fans are hoping for. That's for sure.
0: I think I would lean. It's more likely he doesn't become that than like he's a breakout. Oh, look at him! He's a stud coach. Like I just think Duke's going to be good because they're talented. They went twenty-seven and nine last year. They're in the ACC. They bring everybody except Lively, that's important, back plus the best recruiting class in the country. I don't. I don't see how they're worse than twenty-seven and nine. I guess would be my point. I don't think it's the, like with Carolina. It was like at least you could point even the year they made the title game. They were a pretty mediocre team. They just hit some Caleb Love shots down the stretch. And then the next year they were mediocre team again. So, Duke it's like, okay, are they if they're 27 and 9 again, that's maybe an underachievement based on being number 1 in the country, but they're in the ACC. They're going to play a bunch of games against Boston College, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Louisville. This team's not going to like struggle with all these McDonald's All-Americans. The team I think could struggle in the midst of this conference, I think is pretty bad is Virginia. I don't buy this roster at all. Uh, I think this is a non-tournament team. I think they're on the outside looking in. I know people really like road or roadie, however you say it. Um, I I don't. I'll just call it what it is. I'm not I'm not a huge up transfer guy from the tape I've seen. Uh, don't trust it. Don't see him as like a go-to ACC all anything guy that could carry this offense. It's going to be a lot on Reese Beekman's shoulders. And I think if Beekman was actually the player people think he could be, he'd be in the NBA right now and not back in a tony bennett offense for what the third fourth year in a row so i'm out yeah. uh I, I i called virginia being awful two years ago by the way got a lot of shit for it but nailed it said they'd miss the tournament they did i stayed away last year because i was kind of bought back into the kihei clark stuff i think this team takes a nosedive this season how bad is that as a take riley
1: you actually hit on all the notes I had on Virginia. That was my first choice. Uh, my, actually, the first thing I wrote in my notes was a lot of reliance on Beekman to be something he hasn't been through three seasons. And that's, you know, we've been waiting for this leap for him to be like a Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon type. And I just don't know if that's in the cards for him. I mean, really good passer, really good defender, but not someone who's going to go get you a bucket when the shot clock's winding down, which is quite frequently for Virginia. <laughs> um but and yeah, Rhodey was another guy I penciled into where he's talented, like um talking to one dude who's an NBA scout, told me that his ankle flexibility makes him think that he could become like a primary initiator. <laughs> <laughs> the ankle flexibility hive in like the scouting world is crazy to me. I just I like don't get that. But uh maybe it's just beyond my basketball understanding. But explains you know, why I didn't make it. <laughs> Rody could be good in time but if you look at like Virginia's history there are rarely any freshmen or first year transfers who sort of take off un- under Tony Bennett like i think that's just part of a system thing there like Jaden Gardner put up numbers his first year there but that's kind of the exception rather than the rule so i like the virginia pick a lot
2: i th- i thought we were just all in i thought everyone was just in agreement that virginia stinks so i could they couldn't underwhelm <laughs> i thought that was just like <laughs> that was just kind of just uh just noted what it's going to be but it, it yeah uh, I I am taking your approach moving forward, though, Gregory. Just so you know. Okay. I
0: had no issues with your original approach, by the way. But yeah, you did. You I'm did. I had it a different okay, way. Okay, stand on that. Where do we go next, Riley?
1: Let's let's uh stay alphabetical and go with the Big East.
0: Mm. Okay. Mm. Big East bottom out.
2: I mean, the, oh. isn't there an obvious one for you with who their coach is? Yeah, no, it can't be. It can't be him, though. And I I want to stop my Marquette slander. Cause I do think they're going to be a good team. Well, but
0: let me, let me say that again. Cause isn't there another obvious one with who their coaches?
2: I might, I might be missing it on this one, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Xavier. I think Xavier could be a team that's going to bottom out uh just because of injuries alone. Like they're not going to have Fremantle for the whole season. I believe it is. I, I don't know if that's confirmed or not. They won't have Hunter as well. Uh, They bring in uh, Davion McKnight from Western Kentucky, who I really like as a player. I think he'll be really good in the Big East as well. Like he he when you look at him, I think Big East guard, I think he can be or like Big East wing type. Uh, So I think he'll be really good for the Xavier team. But I just don't see who's going to be the guy. They're not going to have Fremantle or or Hunter. And I was particularly really excited this season to watch Fremantle without having to play with Nunji, too. Like, I get that worked, but the whole too big thing, call it watching Indiana and Race Thompson and TJD play together, but it just – it doesn't do much for me. It was a little bit different because Nunji could actually stretch the floor a little bit. But I was excited to see how uh, Miller kind of adjusted the team, just having, like, Fremantle be that five guy, and then you just surround him with other guys and surround him with Big big Uh So them missing him for the whole season is really going to hurt. So I, I think that could be a team that could easily bottom out. Okay. Yeah.
0: Villanova. Uh, Villanova. Uh, great. Bacon. Yeah. Vill- Villanova was my answer. I was trying to tease. you. wrong into- with me? I was trying to tease you into Kyle Neptune. That's where I was. I know. Them. Damn it. Uh, I I think I've said it before. Maybe even on a Riley Friday. I don't think I'm buying that any of their transfer ads are good college basketball players. I think they're like role player types. That if they are your fifth guy, then you're like a seven seed. But the problem is Villanova can't like scrap a bunch of fifth options together with Kyle Neptune at coach and overachieve. That's not going to happen. They need a superstar. Last year, they had a superstar. He couldn't figure out how to get anything out of Cam Whitmore. And uh, Justin Moore, like I think he's a good story. I'm glad he got back on the court last year. I don't exactly love Justin Moore as a first option at this point, and I don't love him as a 1B to Eric Dixon's 1A. I think those guys really struggled in 1A, 1B roles last year with a lottery pick talent as their third wing. Now you have Tyler Burton as their third wing, and Hakeem Hart, I just I don't see it. The one thing they have is that they're old, but I don't think old works. I think if you're in the ACC or the Big Ten here, you could tell me they're going to win 10 games in the conference just because they're old. In this conference, you got to play Creighton, you got to play Marquette, you got to play UConn. I don't know. I don't. I don't like Villanova on paper over any of those teams. So I think there is a world where this team is a bubble team, maybe, uh, maybe not a total miss the tournament group, but like a, a very iffy down the stretch of the season team.
1: Yeah, I like that pick a lot. And with the transfers, it's I see the vision with like adding the length and athleticism, but. Um... There's definitely a chance. Again, looking at the success from prior stops, like Hakeem Hart, I guess he's been on some good teams, but TJ Bomba hasn't. Um, Trey Burton has, I guess, he made that one tournament where they they beat Iowa in the first round. But like, you put the three of us in the round of 68 against Iowa. Let us, <laughs> I think, we'll put up a fight. Just we're, we're,
2: we respect Fran on this podcast, Riley. I don't oh. care if it is your day, okay.
1: All right, cool I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't I, I don't want Iowa fans coming after me, especially after I got so much love the one time I gassed up Brock Harding. I apologize.
2: <laughs> I think the one I think the funniest thing though about Villanova this year is you know like that Office episode where it's the three characters and are all like doing the gun pointing thing at each other. That's gonna be Akeem Hart, Justin Moore, and Burton this year because they all think they're that guy, and especially Akeem Hart and Justin Moore. That's gonna be fun to watch unfold throughout the year because I think Akeem Hart left. Maryland because he thinks he should be like the main guy. And then he's going to a team where he's not going to be the main guy, at least in our eyes, he's not gonna be the main guy, maybe in his own head who really knows. So that'll be interesting to see who unfolds. Uh, the coach wears a turtleneck year round, to do what you want with that.
0: It, there's no relation to Josh Hart with Hakeem Hart, right? Cause if there is, I will retroactively no. buy Hakeem Hart stock.
2: No. Okay. Then
0: yeah,
1: still out on Hakeem. Um, okay. Okay. What's next, Riley? Well, I I wanted to at least give a quick mention to my Big East team before we move on. It was St. Yeah. John's. Um, that's just because they have a ton of mid-major transfers between Dennis Jenkins, Chris Ledlam, Jordan Dingle. Like those are three projected starters. Um, Dingle's been on some good teams. Jenkins has obviously been on some good teams, and I know Ledlam has like the recruiting pedigree. But yeah, there's a chance it might not all come together. And I think a lot of people are just penciling St. John's into the top 25 because they have NIL and they have Rick Pitino. Uh, and I'm also interested to see, like, has Patino lost his fastball at all as he moves up a level from the Mac? So uh, we can move on to the Big Ten, talk of your conference.
2: Can you go first, G? Yeah,
0: I'm trying to determine which one I want to pick here. Um, I, I feel like I've gone hard on this team recently. I, I have two. I'll mention both quickly, and I'll go hard on the one I've been hard on for months. Wisconsin and Indiana are my two. I don't think Wisconsin, uh, I, I don't like this group as a collective of guys. I like the AJ store ad a lot. So maybe that could move the needle, but I think that's a really redundant ad to the guy who, in my opinion, is their best player in Connor a And I don't think there is a world where those guys break out at the same time. Like best case scenario, you're going back to compare it to my world. Like they had Tim Hardaway and Nick Stauskas together. Nick Stauskas looked like a role player because Tim Hardaway was good. Hardaway left, and then Stauskas looked really good. I don't see how both those guys could be Stauskas guys at the same time. And you want a Asijin to take that jump, but you brought in a guy who might be better at making that jump than Asijin is. So the, the point is, in the meantime, Chucky Hepburn going to be taking step-back jumpers that clank off the side of the backboard while these two good players are asking for the ball. Tyler Walls still running around doing nothing. Stephen Crowell has to fend off this dancing bear, to use Carter's term, big man in Gus Walden, who... Is he good? I don't know. Or Gus Yalden, not Walden. So I just uh, I I think they were bad last year. I think they're bad again this year. And they doubled down on being the same bad core. I don't like that. Indiana is going to look a lot different. Indiana is the team that has higher expectations, I think, than Wisconsin. So they're a better pick for this exercise because I don't think Indiana makes the NCAA tournament. I said that before on here like a month ago, and I ran from the Zoom call when I said it. Now I'm saying it with my chest after all we've been through. Uh, I think this is a totally mismatched front court. Like they're all good individually. Where's a nut job who isn't even on the top 25 players list, but he's the most talented player in this front court. Renault is solid. That's the best word I can use to describe him of the three. You know what you're getting from him. You're getting like replacement level play from a center. Uh, Mbako's a theoretical lottery talent. But again, you're playing him next to two guys that don't help his game shine. So then you look in the backcourt, you got Xavier Johnson, who, from what I heard, wanted to come back last season. Indiana wasn't like there. Indiana wanted him back and he didn't want to play. Like, what's what's going on there? There's rumors. It's messy. Um, And now he's back and he's supposed to be the star. And they added like seven centers and no guards at all. I don't like it. I think this is a potential disaster locker room potential and on court results potential. And I think this is an NIT team at best.
2: Yeah, I, for me, I had Indiana as well. And before the Assembly Hall minions flocked to this video and absolutely assault me verbally via the comments, it's because I look at Purdue and Michigan State. I look at what would happen if those teams bottom out. The thing is, those teams can't bottom out because they have depth. They have other pieces. Like, in my eyes, Michigan State's downfall could be if A.J. Hogar doesn't play to the level he has. The thing is, if A.J. Hogarth's not playing to the level he has, we got guards that can come in and pick up where he's leaving slack if i don't know let's say like you said with purdue greg if fletcher's not playing well you can have guys like colvin you have other guys on a team that could pick up the slack if this team this indiana team the guys that they're depending on don't play well who's picking up like is i don't know if cj gunn can pick up the slack i don't know if gabe cups can pick up the slack and i like gabe clubs i uh, gave cups sorry but i don't know if those guys can necessarily pick up the slack and back each other up so i think if you take a team that could possibly do some things, I think Indiana does make the tournament, not saying what they do, but the bottoming out could really be bottoming out for that team. And the honorable mention is Minnesota for me as a bottom out team because they were a bottom team last year and they added a Christie to the team. So that could do nothing but make it worse. Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
1: I think y'all uh, hit the nail on the head with Indiana. That was a team I had penciled into. Greg brought up a great point about the locker room. I think that's a lot of egos in the front court. Um, well, I, I don't want—I don't know any of these because I don't want to make assumptions there. But even just looking at like Mbako five star, Renew, five star, Ware five star, it is going to be interesting to see how like Mike Woodson can get these three players who aren't necessarily the smoothest fit together on the court. Like how he meshes that and any sort of any sort of off court like. Attitudes of who's a go-to guy, like that type of thing as well. So Hillel Ware my, is back in my
2: day, everyone played fair and had fun.
1: <laughs> Hillel Ware
0: is the preseason body language PhD player of the year for me, by the way. I'm working on an all-first team. Right now, uh it's Kal-El Ware and it's Coleman Hawkins and uh Trey Gibbs Lawhorn. Outside of that, I'm looking for two more. So
1: we'll report back. All right, let's move on to the big 12 sneaky there's some sneaky deep options here like i know it's the best league in the country but there's a couple there's a couple choices here
2: this is gonna hurt me to say sorry can i go
1: first
0: yeah i was gonna ask riley to go first though because i feel like we've been monopolizing all the time
2: let's let riley go first on the last one
0: okay
2: yeah
1: so who's going there's somebody somebody i was gonna let let,
2: let riley go first
1: i'll just go first uh I think Baylor is a sneaky pick to sort of bottom out this year. And that, uh, yeah, Cardinal, you said maybe you're going to mention a team that you like. Like, I'm a huge Scott Drew fan, and I'm a big believer just in him as a coach and what he does, like what how he's been able to even redefine himself over his career to – win a title a few years ago, but, um, just looking at this roster, there's, there's no Keontae George type in the backcourt. There's no LJ Cryer or Flagler type who's been in the system and pencils in as a natural breakout. There's a lot of reliance on Jaden Nunn and Ray J Dennis and both are fine players, but I don't think either is like first team, all big 12 guard, which just puts a lot of pressure on Jacoby Walter.
2: Love that pick cart. Let me clap myself. Cause this is going to cause me physical pain to say <laughs> it's Houston. I think Houston could be the team and it really brings me, it, you, you know, how much this hurts me G it really does. And because Kelvin Sampson, I think it kind of goes to what Riley said, like him thinking a Scott drew team could bottom out, brings him pain. Me verbalizing that Sampson could be a team that bottoms out, brings me pain, but it has to be talked about because yes they got guys like shed coming back and i think he's gonna be really good but you lose marcus sasser you lose Tremont mark uh you're looking at guys like uh i don't want to butcher his last name i believe it's arsenal terrence arsenal Arsenal, you're looking for him to take a step what if he doesn't take that step it's just there is a world where it's not always when you put guys in a bigger role they take a next step and they become that guy. Not everyone can be a guy. Some guys are really good in their role being a second guy, but they try to do that same thing and be the main guy, and it just doesn't look as good. And I think that could happen with this Houston team. And I would bet that it doesn't, but at the same time, I think it could be a team that possibly bottoms out. Um, new league, so that you know that's going to be a factor, I think, as well, even though they're a tough-nosed, hard-playing team. You're still switching into the Big 12, the best league in college basketball. That's a step up from playing Temple every other week. So, yeah, I, I think that Houston, unfortunately, might be a team that could bottom out.
0: I want to give you a lot of credit card because, one, that was incredibly selfless of you to put your Houston love aside and honestly assess where that team is at. Give you credit Two, uh, very difficult pronunciation on the fly. And you nailed Arsenal. So you you are on fire right now. You're operating uh, as a three-level podcaster. It's impressive. Don't give
1: me
2: Uh, a cut.
0: I I like both those picks. I was going to pick between those two picks. I think my true pick would be Baylor just because I don't think their guards are good. Uh, And you've heard me vent about it with Ray J. Dennis, even though I'm still mad for Illinois they didn't get Ray J. Dennis. That doesn't mean I think he's good. I just think that's Illinois' only option, and he's better than Ty Rogers. I still think he stinks as a point guard in the Big 12. Uh, I am contractually obligated to mention this one, even if I have to stretch myself for it. There's a world that Kansas is a disaster. There is a world. I'm sorry.
2: I don't why, why, I don't, why is that, Gregory? Why I don't
0: I wouldn't bet on it happening, but I would look at the odds. And if the odds are higher than like a hundred to one, I might set a little bit aside because uh let's let's go down the list. It's more than just Hunter, but a lot of it's Hunter. But if you go down the list, Dewan Harris might just go in his shell again. He did that for two weeks last season and Kansas, lost four straight games, even though they had Jalen Wilson, a first team All-American and Grady Dick, a lottery pick next to him. Like they lost four straight games because Dewan Harris was afraid of his own shadow and he looks good right now. But what if he doesn't? What if he goes back in the mental gymnastics mode when he realizes his lottery pick talent's gone? Uh, Kevin McCuller. Might just be a role player. He might not be Jalen Wilson 2.0. He's definitely not Grady Dick. And I still am not sure he can shoot. Uh the other guys they got, like they have a lot of prestigious ads outside of that. Like Artario Morris looked good um on the overseas trip. And Nick Timberlake was like a top of every transfer portal list you can find, according to every algorithm there is. But we don't know. We don't know. None of those guys have been like big 12 starters before the only guy that has been the face of a team before on this team is Hunter Dickinson. And how has his teams done? They've underachieved massively. He's been the biggest underachieving team guy in college basketball since his career started. So uh, I think there's disaster potential that people aren't talking about. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't bet on it, but make it a footnote, put that in your notebooks at home. Say, Greg said this might happen. And if they start the season like four and four miraculously, I want all
1: the credit for it. I just think that like when you look at Bill Self's track record, his down years are still like a four or five seed in the tournament. That's why it's really tough for me to see them bottom out altogether. Like they I think it's definitely in the realm of possibility where they lose like four games in a row in January and people are panicking, but he'll do something. He'll pull some strings. He might like dismiss somebody like he did to Gerald Vick like four years ago and they were able to rally a little bit. But I don't know. I can't see them bottoming out like counterpoint. Are we sure Bill Self's heart is in a good spot right now?
0: I hope so, man. I like hope he stays healthy for the whole yeah, year. Yeah,
2: I hope. Yeah, I don't know. Coaching's coaching's is stressful. Yeah, so.
0: coaching stressful enough when you're not coaching Hunter Dickinson is all I'm saying. And I, I hope, I pray for good health for Bill Self. I really do. But he, he has his hands full this year. Is all I'm saying.
1: The uh, the other two Big Twelve teams I penciled were Texas, um, just because a lot of pressure on Max Ace missed to translate right uh, away. I, I... And for Dylan Mitchell to make a lead. I, that,
2: that, right? What was the next team? We're not going to speak on Texas. Cut you off. Take next, over bus Friday.
1: Next one also hurts my heart because I love Jerome Tang, but Kansas State, if Marquise – sorry, if Tyler Perry – isn't like close to as good as Marquise Noel. That could be a little bit troublesome. Uh, same thing with Kaluma. I feel like Kansas State really needs Kaluma to put it all together, just because the rest of that roster, um, there's talent, but it's like their their bench is a little bit scary. Um, looking at their projected contributors, and again, like Jerome Tang, I think coach circles around most teams he played against last year. But um, yeah, this this roster, I just don't think like you really need Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma to. To beat all Big Twelve guys like immediately.
2: By by the way, we're talking about it, does the Big Twelve have the most bottom out potential out of all the conferences?
1: Just it because might, I guess we hold them in such a
2: high standard or something.
1: They'll be slipping those, uh slipping those bribes to Kim Pom to to tweak the algorithm to make sure they all stay top 40. Like, uh, like <laughs> I think I think there's more teams in the Big Twelve that could bottom out than there are in the Big East of the strong top fours. I feel confident in that. Yep, yep. We can uh we can close it out with the SEC. Ooh, SEC.
2: I think I would go Bama as my SEC pick. Just because also speaking to a Bama optimist here, um, I believe in Grant Nelson. I truly do. But from everything else that everyone else is saying to me, like Grant Nelson went to the G League Combine and one is was one of the worst players there. Like that was the consensus. So if that's true, that's a scary thought, but I do think he's going to be a good player. But uh, I just think that, I, I don't know. You look at their backcourt, you look at their main guys last year, you got the number two pick in Brandon Miller, like you got lottery pick level talent the past couple of years, they don't have like a lottery pick level talent this year on that basketball team. Um, you know, they got guys like Rylan Griffin, who they expect to take steps uh Estrada from Hofstra, obviously a prolific scorer there. Up transfers, like Gregory likes to say, always got to take with a grain of salt because it kind of takes some some time, Sometime uh A lot is banking on Mark Sears being the second year guy as an up transfer taking a step. And I do buy a lot of Bama stock because I do think him being in the second year, he'll take some steps with them. But there is a world. I guess that's the phrase of the segment. There is a world <laughs> where Bama could be a team that bottoms out. I don't know if they constitute a team that will bottom out enough to like miss the tournament but I do think that it could be the team that bottoms out in this conference. And cause I don't okay. want to pick Kentucky and I feel like Greg's going to pick Kentucky.
0: I thought about Kentucky. I, so the hard part for me with the sec is that I feel like none of them are guarantees, but all of them have reasons for optimism more than they have reasons for pep or pessimism. Like I, I like Alabama. I like Auburn's guards. Uh, I like, pretty much everything that's going on with the top tier teams on this list. I don't really trust Texas A&M, but I I don't, that's not fun to say like, I don't trust Texas A&M. So I I have a, I don't know if you guys will allow this. I don't know if this is below the bar of teams I'm not allowed to pick, but I think Florida is 100% missing the tournament again. 100%. 100%. 100%. I think there's a 0% chance Todd Golden takes this team to the NCAA tournament.
1: I think the roster is so much better than it was last year. Like, I know you Why? have some problems with the guards because I think Walter Why? Davis is really what's it, Walter Clayton. I can't even get his name right. Maybe he's not that good. <laughs> they don't have Colin Castleton.
0: Yeah, Castleton was better,
1: way better than anybody in this front court. And but I like I, I like Micah Hanlockton. He has a fun name. He's from North Carolina. He blocks a lot of shots. Uh <laughs> Riley Kugel, also a fun name. That's basically my argument. Well <laughs> fun fun name team. <laughs>
0: The, the great problem, name team. <laughs> if you if you like Florida's ads this year, especially in the backcourt, that's great. Enjoy them for the next month and a half because they're going to get turned into what he turned Kyle Lofton into when the season starts. So like, <laughs> the, like the, none of these guys are good enough to, I, I guess, work through the disaster that is a Todd Golden offense for me.
1: <laughs> All right, I'll allow, I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess my, we'll let that go. My pick was Tennessee and this is a team that I think I have ranked in the top 10 right now but again with Zakai Ziegler coming off an ACL tear uh just want to see what he looks like and if he returns to his pre-injury form and then they do have a lot riding on Dalton Connect as far as like offense um and I think I think I said this last week Connect is a bucket he's a really good athlete but he's just been such a poor defender in his two years at Northern Colorado um and I don't think that's a byproduct of the other UNC of Northern Colorado. Like that was a team I covered for the Almanac and talking to their coach, Steve Smiley. Great dude. Great interview. Um, he's kind of been a defense first guy throughout his career. Like that was, he coached under Jeff Linder, um, the Wyoming coach when he was at Northern Colorado and was like his defensive coordinator. So I, I think that connect had some, probably had some good coaching on that end and wasn't able to put it together. That scares me a bit with him going to a, a coach who is really going to prioritize defense and if Barnes says that like Connect is not a good defender to play 25 plus minutes a game, uh, I think that could bode very poorly for Tennessee's offense. I like that pick too.
2: Does the Scobie still have frosted tips?
0: <laughs> Why do I, I feel to like touch.
1: he's gonna go like pink dye this year? I don't have any okay, verification
2: I, of that, but
1: I would kind of be in on that. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. If he's if he spices the color up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah,
2: honestly, if he dishes the frosted tips and just goes straight, just pink, whatever, cut orange, I I might be in.
1: Orange would be sick.
0: Tennessee is going to be such a good spot for Doug McDaniel to transfer to in a year, by the way.
1: He's going to crush there. He would be like, I mean, it's like Zekai Ziegler 2.0, yeah. Um, Greg, how are we on time before Spotify will cut us off?
0: (laughs) Uh, we we should speed the last two. I would say like no more than
1: seven and a half minutes for the final two segments. Okay. Um. Well, we might have to rapid fire this one, but I want to talk about the the almanac top backcourt list. Uh. I think people know I contribute to the Almanac. I just mentioned it. So by the Almanac, it's something that I think we're all really proud of, have worked hard on. And I do think it's the best coverage you're going to find as far as preseason previews go. Um, Insight from coaches, anonymous coaching polls, good national content. But I wanted to discuss Rob Doster's backcourt list uh, because he wrote, he wrote that for us and it generated some buzz. So no disrespect towards Doster. That's my guy. Um, But I did, I read his full on article and it made a little sense, made more sense to me why he ranked some teams where, he did because he was looking at it more holistically like basically he he's mentioning like the top five some in some cases six guys in the backcourt and he sort of lumps some wings into the backcourt as well um but i still i i would still dispute with him on where he had some of these teams ranked so i wanted to open up to y'all because we texted about it some on the side like who do you think is too high too low um what teams that didn't make the cut would you like to see on there Part. do you want to say your piece about Michigan State? You look like you're about ready to go to bat for Tyson Walker and the Bulls. No,
2: not, not at all. You know what? I understand how hard making lists is, and I don't want to just be the podcast that tears down lists and breaks down and shits on lists 24-7. So I just want to say making lists are very hard. Um, I also saw the picture that Rob Doucher tweeted out this morning of his bagel order, and the list makes complete sense now. So I really have no qualms about it. I think it was correct.
0: All right, can I – speak to why I don't think it was correct then you have the floor. Thank you. Okay. Um, so first off, (laughs) I love lists. I'm a big list guy. I like lists because I can make fun of lists and I, I, it's good. Lists, lists are fun. We can make fun of lists and that's okay. I also like Rob Doster shocker. I know that was like plus 300 out there for me to publicly say (laughs) I like Rob Doster, but I do the almanac fascinates me because Uh, I I tweeted this out yesterday. I think people know this in general. I don't work on the Almanac at all, even though I do like social media and other stuff for Field of 68. For whatever reason, I'm just not involved in that whatsoever. And that's perfectly fine by me because I know it takes a lot of work and I respect everybody's efforts that go into this. The most fascinating thing about it for me, though, is that it seems from the outside looking in and what I know about it, it seems like it's a lot of individual siloed work here. And there's not as much collaborative like here's our collective mind power stuff at the national level as I would think. It's like, oh, Rob did the top 20 list. And then like three other people are like I didn't sign off on that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we got heat check. We got three. We we got all these smart people here. And everybody's like, I'm not standing behind that. So uh, that's not a diss to the almanac because everyone's smart and lists are fun and lists are meant to provoke engagement. And Rob is a genius at provoking engagement. With that said. Uh, Rob's camping on Twitter super hard about how you can't like you can't use one game as a reason Michigan State should be ahead of Marquette. Yes, you can. I get it. Tyler Colick was hurt. Ooh, sorry. He had a boo boo. Like uh, he was your number one first team All-American best point guard in the country. According to you all season long last year, he couldn't play through that and show up better than he did, he was terrified. That wasn't a physical illness of why Tyler Colick struggled in that game. It was that he was mentally horrified. A.J. Hogard was eating him for lunch. Tyson Walker was in his shorts. So I'm not even a Michigan State guy, But uh, that's definitely like a note here. It can't be your full reason for why Michigan State should be ahead of Marquette. In fact, Rob laid out a good reason for why Michigan State would have an argument to be ahead of Marquette, but it's definitely a note and you don't just downplay it because A.J. Hogard had like 25 that game or whatever it was. He crushed them. So um, I don't get that one, uh, but I know they've been high on Marquette's backcourt for forever. Outside of that, like, I assume he's just trolling Kentucky, leaving them off. That's that's my assumption when people told me it was just Rob that did this. I'm like, okay. Then that that was the
1: move. Is that all fair, Riley? Like where do you land on that? Yeah, I think Kentucky should be on there. Um <laughs> as far as like the siloed work, we collaborated on our top 100 players and our top 25 Sometimes it is, I mean, it's a lot to coordinate like 12 people to vote for something. So I get that. Uh, I wrote the breakout player list, for example. I, I asked for some feedback, but I think only like two people weighed in. Doster was one of them, though. Doster gave me some uh, some of his input. But yeah, I, I think like, I mean, I would put Michigan State number one. I'm a huge Tyson Walker believer. I think I know AJ Hogart. like even this might be a little coach speaky, but just in speaking to like. 25 coaches this year it seems like the consensus every coach loves to talk about paint touches or touching the paint touch like and that's what AJ Hogarth does like pretty much anytime he's running point Uh, he'll get you a paint touch will get to the rim or he'll find some find someone who's open so I love and I think fears like there's fears might be what like the best backup point guard in the country. Is that fair to say? Like I might have to think about that a little bit more, but I don't think there's anyone on this list who has a, a guy they can bring off the bench that's as good as Jeremy Fierce. Um, so Michigan State would be pretty would be number one pretty easily. USC was a team I thought was too low, just because I I'm a huge believer in Isaiah Collier. Um I know some of the three man weave guys were on with Mark Titus and they were talking about how this is a down class. I can't remember if it was one of them or Titus that said that Collier looked more like a like a the 10th ranked player in a good class and the number one player. I like strongly disagree with that. I think Collier is freaking awesome. Um, He's someone who I wouldn't be surprised if he's averaging like sixteen and six this year, on good efficiency. Um, And then as far as teams that like didn't make the list that I want to go to bat for is Ohio State. And as y'all were talking about players in the Big Ten who have the best shot to break through to that top five, I got to roll with Bruce Thornton. I think he is poised for stardom this year. And as I know, we've talked about this on this program before, but I love Roddy Gale too. Um, So I'm I'm pretty in on the Buckeyes, and especially if you want to loop Scotty Middleton in as kind of a guard, as like a big as a as a big guard, six seven guard. That Ohio State, that Ohio State trifecta should be pretty solid.
2: Um, I'm with that. Last thing I want to add before we go to the 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 last topic is that I think Texas should be higher. I think Texas should be Ace Smith and Tyrese Hunter is an awesome backcourt. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that should be higher. I look at the
0: 11 through 20 range too, and there's a lot of like coaches that are known for great backcourts on here that maybe I don't like the players as much this year. Like Scott Drew, Baylor's at 12, uh, Muss at 16 with Arkansas, Arizona at 18. I know people like Caleb Love and they bring other guys back, but like to me, if you offered those three coaches, if they could have their actual backcourt or Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith, they would take Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith and go running in the opposite direction. And Maryland's nowhere to be found on this list. So, I don't know. A little Big Ten heavy for me, but just saying.
1: <laughs> All right, shall we Shall we wrap it up with the last topic? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's hit on two, two football games this weekend. One with Cart's team, kind of Greg's team, one with mine. We can start by talking Michigan State playing host to Washington. I just want to get – I'll turn it over to Carter. Like, D'Antonio's coming back. Um, but what are what are your expectations for this game, Carter? What do you think Michigan State needs to do to get a win against a really good Washington team?
2: So, coming into this game, before everything happened that we don't need to speak on because everybody knows we spoke about it every episode leading up to this one this week, I was feeling pretty good, actually, about this game. Um, I was going to be all over the plus 17 it was at. I think maybe, yeah, plus 17 is what it, it led at. I thought that there was revenge on the mind after what happened last year. We went out to Washington. I thought that Noah Kim's been actually showing some things. I feel like we had some guys, some playmakers at wide receiver. Uh, Jacoby Winman being out hurts us, I think. I believe. I don't think he's going to play. He had a pectoral injury last week. But, we get to see an exciting freshman in Jordan Hall, which people are pretty excited about uh, in East Lansing to see what kind of he's made up. Uh, it's, it's a night game. The, they were honoring the Rose bowl team before the, all this even happened. So there's just going to be a lot of excitement around Spartan stadium. And I don't think that they were as bad as a team as people were making them out to seem. And the fact that I will get 17 points, I was going to be all over that. And even money line, I thought that we could pull this out at home and guys could make enough plays. Given everything else, who knows if it's going to be a distraction or something that's going to fuel them. I personally think it's going to fuel them just playing football and doing this. Um, But I I don't want to spoil what my one big thing was for today. So I'm going to cut it off at this point. Uh,
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah, Michigan State's winning this game. That's my take. That's my belief. Uh, I wrote about it in the newsletter. I didn't go as strongly to say, uh, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, but Michigan state plus 16 is my favorite bet of the week. I have them winning outright in the one little long shot parlay. I do. I have a thousand reasons for this, uh, that are all partially football related, but look, man, vibes are a thing. Okay. I am a vibes guy. Everybody knows this. Uh, I think this is very much a come together moment for this football program, for this university, for the fan base, for everything. The elephant in the room here was that we were all pretending to like Mel Tucker. It is what it is. Michigan State fans can say it's not Was not pretending. Okay, fine. But like now that it's all changing, there's a whole lot of people coming out and be like, can we get rid of these stupid gimmicks now, including you being like, can we get rid of the keep chopping? Can we just go back to the tradition of walking by the stupid statue that Mel got rid of for no reason? Like he, every little decision he made in his tenure. All right, roll your eyes. Fine. Whatever. You feel differently than I do. Never mind. Uh, Go Washington. (laughs)
1: Coach, <laughs> Island, I, never, I never
2: i never i would just stay i just want to stay my fact that i like mel before like this congratulations I wanted, I wanted mel to be my i wanted mel to be my football coach before this that's why. right you
0: at. you look stupid as i've been telling you for two years but congrats hang that banner you liked mel tucker whoop de doo
2: i'm just saying and <laughs> okay. you hated him that's the thing okay From the rip, off rip, no matter what he did, you would always hate him.
0: And are you are you trying? Are you now saying you're right and I'm wrong?
2: Is that where you're going? No, I'm not. It's not even a right wrong thing. I'm just, I I just want to get a statement. Doubling
0: down on you liked Mel Tucker is a a move.
2: I liked my football coach. Is that wild?
0: Congratulations! Like, uh, and you didn't, uh, and and as did many people in your fan base are now coming out and saying how stupid everything he did was. You just won't do it for some reason. I agree. So, okay. All right, so I, all, all of my reasons are pointless, and all of my reasons why I think Michigan State can win this game, why I think Carter's team can win this game, are all pointless because none of them matter to Carter because Mel was doing a great job. That's
2: everybody else, though. I'm only one guy.
0: Let's go to uh, – should we talk Carolina? What's the Carolina
2: well, stance?
1: First off, some great back and forth between the two of you, but it's funny that we just got through that segment without talking at all about the top eight team with a Heisman contender quarterback, but <laughs> – <laughs> eh. is, am, am I crazy to think that Penix is like the the biggest threat to Caleb Williams repeating as a Heisman contender? I know that they haven't really beat. I mean, Boise State's a good program. You can't put too much in the Tulsa. The Tulsa win, I guess, but like over 400 yards in both those games. Eight touchdowns right now. Their receivers are always open. I like this Washington team a lot, but that's what I'll be watching for this Saturday.
0: I love Penix. I think he's good. I do
2: too. And he's a he's a Spartan killer. Like that's he is. Okay, I just came up with this just now, so this might not actually make sense, but I feel like G can chime in on this. He's like the football version of Boo Booey to Michigan State. Like, he always torches us. He always has. Boo Booey yeah. always torching Michigan State basketball. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it again this year.
1: Purple teams, I don't hate that. mm mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, with, with Pennix, I also just love lefty QBs. Like, uh, Greg, you know, this, I am a, a, Tua a tongue of Iloa owner in our, in our fantasy league. And that, I have a long history of just being a huge Tua fan back to when he was at Alabama and I was watching him throw these lefty deep bombs and envisioning them going to Mike Evans one day when I was like, this was the pre Brady era of my bucks when I was like, okay, Tank for Tua. Let's, let's, get, let's get that connection going. And I get those same kind of vibes watching Michael Penix. Just there's something about a lefty QB when they launch that, when they <laughs> when they launch that thing, it just looks like it's it's faster than when O'Reilly throws it. So hey, I
2: just want to note too right back to my bucks. Also, right back.
1: Shout out to Matt Liner, lefty QB. Love him.
2: Wanted wanted bandwagon pass last week, right back to my bucks. Yeah, I That's love great. you, Riley. I That's truly great. do, sir
1: they are still my bucks. All right, we can we can close by talking UNC hosting Minnesota just because uh this this would throw it back to one of the first Riley Fridays when I started talking about why UNC would be a good Big 10 football team and realized that I was making a huge mistake. At the same time, I don't think Minnesota is that good. Like all I really know about them is they they got into a 13 to 10 uh rock fight against Nebraska. So like what do I need to know about this Minnesota team going into Saturday? Hmm. Aside from PJ Flex going to be wearing a tie,
2: <laughs> I don't really know if I can give you any any backdrop on it. Uh, you guys can't stop anybody though, so you're not going to stop Minnesota. We still like you guys couldn't stop you guys couldn't stop Nebraska. Jeff Sims might look like Caleb Sims again or Caleb Williams against y'all.
1: Jeff Sims tore UNC up when he was at Georgia Tech like two years ago. That it checks looks out, bad, dude. You it guys can't really stop bad. anybody. Yeah.
2: So if you're asking me if I'm staying away from. UNC minus eight. I could not get further away from that. Yeah. no.
0: <laughs> Minnesota has played Nebraska who let Colorado do whatever they want in the second half and Eastern Michigan. Those are their two games. They're averaging 19 points per game. So adjusted by North Carolina football defense inflation rate, they should score 41 points in this game. So uh, I think as long as you get six touchdowns, which seems likely uh, you should be fine. However, Minnesota's defense has pretty much dominated both of their games so far against bad offenses, albeit. But um, I don't know. I just – I was texting you frustrated about it, man, because I had I had North Carolina just to beat App State, and yeah, it was a bet, and yeah, I'm doing the thing where you shouldn't just bet and complain about your bets. But, like, the fact that North Carolina couldn't create separation against this Appalachian State team after how close the game was the year before and after you did bring Drake May back and App State was going through some changes – at home, this this bothered me so much. Like, I just can't take this football program seriously. This is what they're always going to be to me. They're going to be a super fun team to watch. It doesn't matter how well Drake May plays. For the record, I thought Drake May was bad last week, though. And I know it wasn't all his fault. It wasn't even like half his fault. But uh he's not like I think if you put Caleb Williams on this North Carolina team, he's good enough to get through the bullshit around him and actually create some separation against bad teams. Drake May's not that and I know the play calling's not helping him, but um I don't know. I just need to see more. I think they're gonna lose a the game they shouldn't at some point. I feel like it's a threat to happen every single week. This would qualify. They should beat Minnesota, but uh seven and a half points is a scary scary number from a betting perspective. I'm staying away from it.
1: Yeah, I think going into the season, I I thought we would I mean that's just what UNC football does. We're we're the the program like history says that we'll lose two games we should win. But I also thought like Drake May would be good enough to win three games we should lose and that we'd end up being like eight and four or something. But uh unless our receivers we got it's not just Tez Walker, but got to transfer uh Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech who's supposed to apparently was like the second best receiver um during the offseason and during camp and everything and he was been limited with injury and he's someone who's that slot receiver who's is supposed to be filling the Josh Downs role and he's going to be back this week and so I'm interested to see how that happens because I don't know I just want to see this play calling like let Drake throw the ball downfield but at the same time I don't know if we have there any receivers right now that are that are like a downfield threat <laughs> so like I want to see this open. up a little bit more because i was looking today um just the 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 slate on saturday drake may has less passing yards right now than graham mertz we got robbed we got robbed
2: we got robbed of drake may at notre dame Gee, you brought it up. Like we shouldn't be watching Drake May at Notre no, Dame. No, we shouldn't. Sam Don't Harden. let's let's stop. We let's stop. Sorry. Drake
1: is he's a Carolina legend, Carolina royalty. I know. And
2: and right. luckily his last name is May, because if yeah, it was right. if it was Wilson, he'd be somewhere else
1: right now. <laughs> Notre Dame
0: wins the national championship. Drake May is their quarterback, by the way. Instead, Sorry. North Carolina, North Sorry, Carolina might might win the Holiday Inn Bowl or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe
1: Pinstripe Bowl. Y'all be y'all be go to the Pinstripe Bowl in Detroit <laughs> against Michigan hey, maybe State. I, we'll
0: see you some, there. <laughs> some some programs would kill for an invite to the the Pinstripe Bowl right now. Thanks. Big facts. All right, fun fun topics today. Thank you, Riley. I appreciate it. Let's move to one big thing presented by Bigby. Uh, who wants to go first today? Any any takers? We can let Cart go last because apparently he's saving something special for this. So it's it's not it's not
2: special, but it is Michigan State football related. Okay. Well, why don't we let you go last? I can
0: go first, or Riley can go first. Your pick, Riley.
1: I'll go ahead and get mine. Get mine going. So I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to a. Uh, this actually came to me with a stroke of inspiration seeing Carter's shirt shout out to kids books. I know Greg, you've probably got a lot when, uh, (laughs) when Mallory was pregnant, like we've gotten so many books for our child still, still has not been born yet. Due dates coming up four days. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but one, one book we got was a gift called tomorrow. I'll be brave. That's full of inspirational sayings. However, there was one page that said winning doesn't matter as long as I have fun. And as I was reading it, I was like, hold on, not so fast. And that's where I just want to say I, I'm very much in, on in the camp of Carter's shirt of winning cures everything, winning fixes everything, and uh, we'll be skipping over that page whenever I'm reading this to my child.
2: I love that style <laughs> of parenting, Riley. I truly do.
0: Yeah, you should just rip that page out of the book, to be honest. Uh, I, I'll give you some good book recommendations. I got some good ones right now. We got a nice little rotation. Uh, okay, I'm going to cheat and do two things for my one big thing because I have a, I had one I had prepared, and now I have one that now that I know the due date's four days away, I just want to say. So I'll start with my one I had prepared. Uh, I hate the meme template of the Taylor Swift thing that people are doing right now where it's like, ooh, Source says Taylor Swift has been dating our backup quarterback. I despise that shit. It's so stupid. It's not original. Even when it was original, it wasn't funny whatsoever. And there's just like hundreds of thousands of fans of whatever team across the country right now or band or whatever the meme is from, whether it's sports or music or something else that are just complete idiots that think this is hilarious and can't rush to retweet it fast enough. Like, oh, MGO Tony 12 says Taylor Swift is dating Alex Orgy. (laughs) That's so funny. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Retire it immediately, please. Uh, now for my my genuine one. Uh, I'm excited for you, Riley, because uh, this is a really fun time. I remember I was terrified at the moment four days before the due date. You're probably feeling some nerves and some anxiety. I can promise you, friend to friend, It's the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Uh, It's brought so much joy to my wife and I's life. You're going to be a fantastic dad from what I know about Nat. She's going to be a fantastic mom. And uh, I really appreciate our friendship we've struck the last two years. I'm excited to become dads together because I feel like we can bond and help each other through a lot of things. So I'm looking forward to this, my friend. Best of luck with everything. You're going to do great.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That that was great.
2: I'm going to be your guys' assistant analyst. Like I'm gonna be the position that Mel Tucker's gonna get in four years on savings staff. Um, my one big thing for today is it's a Michigan State football-related thing. And it's not, it's not, I'm trying to figure out how I actually want to word this. It's is not, it about how
0: you still wish the coach was still the coach? And you no. you you're holding your stock and that
2: was never no, hard. no, because that's not what I said at all. Mm-hmm. All I said was that at the time when Mel Tucker was my football coach. I liked my football coach. That's all I'm saying. Now I don't like my football coach because he's,
1: You can he still like those
2: stuff on zoom. Um, but what I want to say is that if Harlan Bennett, cause he's an interim head coach, right?
0: It's literally if, Harlan Barnett,
2: Harlan Barnett. My apologies on that. I messed it up on the newsletter too. Harlan Barnett, the interim head coach. If he does, let's say Michigan state does bad, right? I think people might pile on him. If Michigan state does good, I feel like people are going to give D'Antonio the credit. All I want to say is that I think it should be it should be that shouldn't be the case. I don't want all the credit to go to D'Antonio cuz we, well, we we don't I don't think he one is doing enough to actually impact that necessarily, but I you can't he can't be left out of Michigan State football doesn't do good this year because I feel like it's trending towards if Michigan State does turn the corner, it's because we brought back D'Antonio and I just don't want that to be the case. That's my one big thing. All
0: right. Great vibes heading into this game. Let's make sure Mark D'Antonio gets no credit in his exciting return to Michigan State football. Uh, It sounds like you could not be more excited for this Washington-Michigan State game card. I'm looking forward to it for you. Beer sales will be in the stadium. So uh, are you going to the game? Are you going to the game or no? Nope, not going to the game. Is it because you're upset that Mel's no longer there and you can't support Mark D'Antonio coming back to the program, taking a stand? End the
2: episode, man.
0: <laughs> I'm just wondering. I've, I'm confused on where everything's at. All right. End fun
2: episode
0: epi- Fun episode today. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Who knows if there will be a Riley Friday next Friday. Hopefully there's a baby in Riley's future. So uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Go green.
1: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are The Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.